it's true neutral true neutral Ooh, i'm keenan i'm derek and we're back at you again yes here here it is another week and glorious glorious week uh how, how was your glorious week um it's been pretty good today specifically has been all right i got off work at about 2 30 i'm already a uh, glass and a half of wine in and i just <laughs> cracked a beer so i'm i'm doing all right Hell yeah. um just been working um playing a lot of video games honestly so but it's been grinding away clocking them games clocking um where were we last week? I think last week I had just finished Detroit Become Human, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I've beaten Resident Evil Retrospective. A true neutral bonus episode. Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8 <laughs> in the last week, then. Fantastic. Um, uh, it took me about 16 hours to clock both of them put together. Uh, I think I spent about That's seven right. and a half playing seven and about eight and a half playing eight. <laughs> um, honestly, a little bit longer than it, of some people think it should take. Is it? Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, uh, sixteen and a half. Sixteen? No. no, seventeen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was excluded. No. No, because 7 plus 8 is nope, 15, you're right, you're right. plus 2 half hours is 16. Yep, you're right. I'm yeah. dumb. Math, sir. Fractions. Big, big dumb. Decimals. Whatever mm. way you want to think about it, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry about that. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> so... And, and there's a lot of fun differences that I actually kind of want to get into because uh, video games has been kind of my focus of the last little bit. I've been wanting to get back into it and I've been having a lot of fun getting back into it. I'm currently about three, three and a half hours into playing um, The Last of Us 2. Um, the small amount of hours after that, because obviously it didn't take me very long to get through yeah. either of the Resident Evil games, is because I had to play Resident Evil 8 in very small, like two-hour chunks a day, so it took me, like, four days to get through that game. <laughs> Total of about eight and a half hours, right. but it took me about four days to get through that game. Right. So, um... That's pretty, that's pretty average. A lot of times, just, like, I just don't get time to sit down for hours at a time to play games anymore, unless I stay up too late. Yeah, no, I got lucky the, uh, the right after I left here for the the last podcast I had gone home and I didn't have to work the next day and I knew I didn't have to work the uh, next day yeah. and so I actually stayed up until like fucking five or six in the morning beating Resident Evil 7 which is why I got that one done so fast because I, I went home after this and immediately beat that game <laughs> and then the next day I started working on Resident Evil 8 and then I haven't had a lot of time to play The Last of Us. I've been working a lot of morning shifts, right. and I've been busy after work, so I've yeah. just not had a lot of time to play The Last of Us yet. Yeah. Um, but so Resident Evil Seven is like a very clear callback to like it the 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 roots of the 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 story itself, the roots of how this game originated. It is very survival horror. The game has a very Tense uh, horror feeling. Sorry, I might spoil some things. Do you intend on? No, I, I probably will not. Uh, Resident <clears throat> Evil games never go down in price for some reason. 
Yeah, I have them both on PS4. You would I'd, like to play them? Yeah, I might. Yeah, yeah, if I can borrow them. I'll oh yeah, them. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you mind if I have spoilers? No, no not at all. I, I have listened to a, quite a few reviews on this game. Okay. They're still worth playing. Yeah. Don't don't let me tell you wrong. They're they're <laughs> amazing. I just played them both again for like the fifth time <laughs> because I love them. Well, spoilers. They're they're two of my. I think they're my two favorite Resident Evil games. Resident Evil 4 is also way, way up there, but 7 and 8, they hold just this place in my heart where they're just so good. I enjoy the films. That's gross. <laughs> I have opinions on that that we will get to in a moment. Because you're wrong. And you're entitled to your opinion, but I'm telling you that your opinion is wrong. Alright. Um... Mila Jovovich is uh, No, no, no. Okay, we have time to discuss here. Okay, give me a second. Okay. Resident Evil 7 is a very much a callback to its roots. It, they, they brought Resident Evil back home to its survival horror aspect, and I love that about this game. The whole game feels very tense. The whole game, you have this um, unsettling, just creeped-out feeling of, like you know something's going on. And the fact that it takes place in such an enclosed space, m the majority of Resident Evil 7 takes place in one house, mm -hmm. and it's guest house, and the entire game takes place on their one plot of land. Right. So you're like, you're stuck to this very confined space the whole time, and you know these these people are like hunting you and like stalking you around, and like, and so it has this very tense feeling like the whole way through almost and when it doesn't have that feeling they have like so many other ways to come at you with like this creepy weird unsettling shit that just keeps you on your toes the whole time and like i think the only thing that i find frustrating about that game is there's this one boss it's the dad who just doesn't die <laughs> Like, he comes back, I you literally have to kill this guy, like, four times, four times, I think. <laughs> and, like, by the end of it, you know, he's transformed into a giant Resident Evil monster, right, and right. you're like, okay, finally, this is gonna be the end fight, like, you can tell with him. Right. But, like, it's like, you kill his wife, she dies the first time, she don't come back! <laughs> This motherfucker, I gotta kill him, like, four fucking times before the end of the game, and it, before he finally dies, and it's just, it, and that's the only thing that really bothers me. The whole game is great, it's got the classic Resident Evil, like, puzzle solving, while keeping you on your toes and constantly anxious and running around, looking over your shoulder the whole time, um... Unless you're playing on easy mode, you actively have to, like, try to conserve your bullets to an extent. Yeah. Especially on the harder difficulties, it really gets to be, like, you have, like, your normal enemies. That's the other thing. The enemies in 7 and 8 are not basic 1-2 kill zombie or whatever. Right. These guys can take bullets. <laughs> like, hardcore. Even on the normal mode, it takes you 5, 6, sometimes 7 bullets fucking rounds before uh, an enemy goes out of your pistol. And when you're early game and you're not finding a lot of things, like, you can empty a clip into an enemy and, it, especially if your aim's bad and you miss a couple of times, and it's still coming at you. And you're out of bullets and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it, it, it adds to that, that factor of just, like, 
you're terrified the whole time. And it, it really feeds into that, and it's amazing. And then by comparison, Resident Evil 8 Village is is a lot of fun. And it tones a little bit back on the creep factor. And at least for me, I get drawn out of the scariness of it because it is so much more visually appealing as a game. Right. Resident Evil 7 is set in this one house and everything is disgusting. Everything is filthy. Everything's covered in mold. There's slime and gross shit all over the place. The whole place just looks dingy, feels dingy, and lived in and disgusting. Like it has just not been cared for in years. By comparison, Resident Evil 8 is like brightly lit. It is beautiful landscapes. It is just all around visually, aesthetically appealing. It is a gorgeous looking game. Not, not to say scary. Resident Evil 7 isn't, but Resident Evil 7 is visually appealing in a scarier sense than Resident Evil 8 is, where Resident Evil 8 has these <laughs> gorgeous landscapes sometimes, and it's just... You, you go through the Castle Dimitrescu, and the whole thing is beautiful, and it, it, you're in an, an old medieval castle, and you look out the windows at, like, the valley surrounding the castle sometimes right. and shit. And, like, it is just a gorgeous-looking game, and that pulls me out of the horror element of the game because I'm admiring how beautiful the scenery is <laughs> around that, me. Yeah. Um, it also has a much more campy feel to it. It feels... I think I've told you this before. It feels yeah. like the comparison of comparing the first Evil Dead movie to Re to Evil Dead Army of Darkness. Right. And how Army of Darkness became very campy and fun and almost more of a comedy. Whereas Evil Dead, the first one, was campy and fun, but it had much more of a horror element right. to it. Yeah. Um, as compared to eating a miniature evil version of yourself and drinking boiling water to kill him. <laughs> and surviving that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Hearing him screaming up out of your stomach <laughs> like a fucking Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> You're good, Ash. <laughs> I'm bad, Ash! <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking... It's so good. Army of Darkness. If you're sleeping on it, fucking watch it. It's great. It's it's fine. Uh no, it's great is what it is. It's a cult classic and you can you once again your wrong opinion can go away. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's fine. Evil Dead Two is better. Ew No. We have so many <laughs> God, we have so many things to discuss. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I know like Resident Evil 8 is also a good story. I really like that the story itself follows the same main character throughout both of them. Um, Ethan uh, is, is the main character in both 7 and 8. Both of them are about him and him trying to save, in the first game, his wife Mia. In the second game, his daughter Rose after you save his wife Mia. Well, in the true ending of the game. Okay. Because there are two endings to Resident Evil 7 that you could potentially get. One of them is just not the true ending. <laughs> according to Resident Evil 8, because it starts spoilers, Mia lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, so, it, it, it does follow the same character, and it is the full story of his character. At the end of Resident Evil 8, and this is probably the biggest spoiler for both you, Keenan, and anyone else that hasn't played the game, at the end of Resident Evil 8, Ethan dies, and then they the the end 
card screen is just a bl- a black screen after the credits roll or whatever. It's right. just black screen. And in very nice calligraphic white lettering, it says the story of the father has ended. Which, and um, his wife Mia and his daughter Rose both live, and then you get an after credit scene where it's like years have elapsed, and Mia- Rose is now not a baby, she is like a teenager, mm-hmm. and she has... Because um, Ethan is, like, basically super-powered, he's been infected with the mold, um, without any super-major spoilers for plotline stuff, he's been infected with mold, um, and then he dies, and um, him and Mia, who, she was also infected with the the mold, uh, it's, I think it's the E, it's not a virus, it's Psilocybin E, or something like that. It's, it's some... It's a mutamicin. It's a, it's a mutamicin fungus. Okay. Is what we're working with at this point in the Resident Evil series. Um, and so they have genetically passed that down to their daughter. And so she also has, like, these crazy powers or whatever. But all we see of her not as a baby is this one scene where she doesn't really show off any powers. She just threatens a guy and tells him he has she has powers or whatever and not to fuck with her um because he's like her bodyguard or whatever and um so like they i I love the fact that they're they're hinting they're they're telling us we're making more of these right this guy you're not gonna follow this guy anymore his story is done but we're making more and it's going to follow the same storyline. It's just going to be from more different points of view. And I love that because literally these two games have been the biggest breath of fresh air that this franchise has had in so fucking long. And it's a franchise that is very, very near and dear to my heart. I've been playing Resident Evil games since I got Resident Evil 1 Director's Cut on the <laughs> PlayStation 1. And I have been playing them ever since. And... I I love this franchise. I love everything about it. I love all the plot holes in the shitty storyline. <laughs> I I love everything about it, except for the terrible movies that have come out. Now we come around <laughs> to what we were going to talk about before. Yes, Mila Jojovich is amazing. She is. She's a fantastic actor. I love Mila Jojovich. Jovovich. Jovovich. Fucking multipass. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Those original Resident Evil movies followed absolutely zero of any semblance of plot that the actual games had, which bothered me even as a child. I'm like, I've played the games. This is not how the story goes. You you can't make up... I, I would understand if she was a standalone character at a different point in nope. the, the thing or whatever, <laughs> but she's nope. not. Nope, she's an insert. And... And it bothered me. It bothered me a lot, and I'm not okay with it. See, the reason it's fine for me is because, A, those movies are shot beautifully. They are. My goodness. The, the laser this, hallway scene. Oof, so good. Real good. Uh, and the set design itself is incredible. Like, the set designers for all three of those movies, incredible job. Mm-hmm. Undeniably, like, the sets look beautiful. They are amazing. The The desert scenes in the third one... Uh, They're fine. No, they are so good. The the, the miniatures they built for to make that happen. Uh, Vegas and all covered in sand. Uh, so good. 
the visuals in these movies are incredible. And I have never played any Resident Evil game all the way through. Not a single one. Oh my god, you hurt my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mila Jovovich, beautiful direction, okay writing. I also have to call out, even worse than the... Actually, no, was, was Wesker in the third one? Was that the movie they brought Wesker? And was that one of the standalone Resident Evil movies? I don't movies? remember. So there was a Resident Evil movie. It may have been one of the standalone ones that didn't have Mila Jojovich and the big budget or whatever. So anyone that's played Resident Evil, <laughs> Keenan, <laughs> knows about Albert Wesker. He's in most of the games up until 7 and 8 where he has since been dead. Did we finally actually kill Wesker <laughs> in... Five, I think. I think five. And then his son is in six. Um, six is the worst game. Six is terrible. Don't play it. It's awful. It sucks. Um, it's, it's fucking bad. Um, which sucked, because I was really excited for it. And uh, so Wesker is supposed to be like this very tall, intimidating character. Very, like, very tall, very built... Um, like platinum blonde crew cut, kind of Lieutenant Surge. Okay. As as yeah. a as a character, um, but he's the head of. Uh, Based on Eagle from Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> so, in um, the first Resident Evil game, he was the captain of the Stars Unit, which is like the SWAT unit yeah, of Raccoon City Police Department. Yeah. Um, he was, like, the captain of their STARS unit, Bravo team. Alpha team had already gone up to the mansion and not been heard from again, so they were sending Bravo team up to find Alpha team. Was okay. the premise of the first game. Um, um, I think you can just expand this as much as you want, and we'll just make this a Resident Evil episode. <laughs> sure. And, uh, this is definitely replacing any story that I may or may not have had. Um, and so... They go up to the mansion, and Wesker is, like, the captain of Bravo team or whatever, and he leads them into the mansion and then disappears or whatever. People, like, well, a bunch of people, a bunch of people disappear. Like, the, because it's really good, because if you've ever played the very first one, it's, um, the whole, op the intro scene is done live action, mm -hmm. and they have this amazing bit where they do the intro of each character, and it's live action people that are, like, facing away from the camera, they turn around, and they do the whole hand on the chin, like, strike a pose, and it's like, Jill Valentine! <laughs> <laughs> Chris Redfield! <laughs> and it does, like, the whole bit. Oh, goodness. And, and then, like, it starts, and they fly down, and there's, like, a, a, a shot of a helicopter landing in a field, and then them bailing out of the, the helicopter, and there's Barry... Oh, people are gonna be mad at me, because I can't remember Barry's last name. <laughs> Um, and there's Jill and Chris and Wesker and a couple other people that jump out of the helicopter and then the helicopter flies off and the helicopter's flied by a guy named Chicken Heart. I remember his name. <laughs> um, because he flies away, he runs off every time there's trouble. His name's Chicken Heart. Oh, yeah, I mean, that'd be an easy thing to remember, <laughs> yeah. I think. Chicken Heart's a fucking notable name. Yeah, right? It's good. I liked it. <laughs> it's a good nickname. Um... 
And and you all like are in the mansion or in this field, and they're creeping up to the mansion. And then zombie dogs come running up through the field, and everyone starts screaming. One or two people die. They go running and shooting guns at the dogs, and they they get into the mansion. Um, and then some of the worst voice acting in video game history begins to happen, where. Is it's not the laughing scene from Final Fantasy? No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's literally like, and I'm gonna do this verbatim as it happens because I have this scene memorized. I played it so many times as a kid, and quoted it with some of my friends. That like, they get into the mansion, and the only three people that get into the foyer of the mansion are Jill, Barry, and Wesker. If you're playing as Jill. If you're playing as Chris, because they're the two main characters of the first game, you can pick which one you want to play as. Chris is stronger with melee attacks, but can only hold six items. Faster, I'm assuming. Um, and doesn't start with a gun. Whereas Jill starts with a handgun, has can hold up to eight items. She can lockpick, and Chris can't use lockpicks. Like, playing as Jill is, like, way, way better. <laughs> if you want to play hard mode, you can play as Chris, I guess. But mm -hmm. I always played as Jill, because she's just way more useful as a character <laughs> um and each of them has slightly different stories too like the way you get through the mansion and how their stories progress is slightly different based mm. on each character you play which i always appreciated because as a ps1 game that was probably a lot of work for them to put in right um but so you get into the mansion and you close the door and you start to hear screaming from outside and jill goes to open the door and and Barry stops her, and Wesker goes, Jill, don't open that door. <laughs> and she goes, but Chris is... And you hear, bang, bang, ah! <laughs> From outside. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. The next room you go into, like, Wesker tells you guys to go search, and Barry goes off into one room, and he make and Jill he sends off into like the other side, right? Mm. And then you come back, and like as you walk into the room, the room is empty, like Wesker's gone, and then like so you walk through the room, and then you go into the other side where Barry went, and he's just kneeling down by a pool of blood that's probably, like, a foot and a half, two feet. <laughs> just a, a circle. A perfect circle of blood. Right. And he's just kneeling down next to it, just looking at it. And you walk up to him, and you're like, Barry, what is it? And he, like, he's like, I don't know. And then he puts his hand down, and he, like, sticks it up to it. And because it's PS1 Polygon, you can't tell if he's sniffing it or if he's licking it. He just puts it on his hand and, like, sticks it in his face, and he's like, I think it's blood. <laughs> <laughs> this game is literally full of some of the worst voice acting I've ever heard in my life. But it is amazing and iconic <laughs> and beautiful. And I was not a fan of the, the remake they did for the GameCube. No. Um, no, they changed the way the mansion was laid out. They changed a lot of things that I remembered as a kid, and that really pulled me out of the experience, having yeah. played the game so many times as, as a kid. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Not having it be an exact duplicate of the game that I played, just with better graphics, offended me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how dare you try to improve on the game I already thought was great. <laughs> no. That's fair. Um... Yeah, and so I guess if if you're wanting me to expand on this more, um, 
I will let you get to your game in a bit. No, I I think I'm just going to do a Philip K. Dick hypothetical, because I've been listening to a lot of Philip K. Dick. Well, we have time. We have time. We'll see. We'll see where we're at. (laughs) Um... There, there have been multiple like virus strains that we've run through at this point. So it starts off with the T virus mm-hmm. in the first game. Um, first game has the T virus, which um, they make tyrant with, which I think that's why they could call the T virus. It's the tyrant strain yeah. of the virus. Um, there's the G virus in the second game, which is government. What the prof- <laughs> the the scientist turns himself into the big guy that's like. He's his one arms, but he's like kind of like Two Face, and then part of him's all fucked up and grotesque. He's got a giant eyeball coming out of his shoulder right nice. here on the front. It's pretty neat. I love their monsters. They're so creative with their monsters most of the time. It's really great. Um, I the third game actually takes place at the exact same time as the second game does. But you play the third game... The The second game takes place from uh, Leon Kennedy's perspective, okay. who is uh, a police officer that is showing up to Raccoon City for his first day on the police force as the new guy. He just happens to show up on the same day that the zombie bite, like the zombie outbreak happens okay. and takes over Raccoon City and so that's literally his first day on the job as the Raccoon City police officer is he shows up and there's a zombie virus happening and everyone's dead and he has to fight his way through zombies um, Oh, getting back to my point about Wesker from before, I got very distracted <laughs> talking my point about Wesker is in that movie I was talking about, he's very buff but extremely short and they don't try to make him taller in the movie. He's just about six inches shorter than the rest of the cast. <laughs> and it, it always bothered me and my little brother. Because that's that's not how it should be. <laughs> okay. Short, tiny, little buff Wesker is, is wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. Not okay. <laughs> um, but in the first game, he ends up being... He disappears. He ends up being an agent for Umbrella. So he's kind of been, like, the person in charge of keeping this virus that they're creating and making in the lab underneath the mansion under wraps and not letting the people of Raccoon City know about it and mm-hmm. things like that. And then it got out. Like, there was a, a break, an outbreak within the the complex that got up to the mansion that got out to the city. Yeah, that was all in the movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it, they tried to follow the storyline. I just didn't like... They, they ruined it. The animation they was so good. Like, they I, ruined I can still it. See the them. liquors? Oh, they did the liquors good. They did that right. Gotta love when we do the liquors good. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That is the name of those creatures, the ones that are on all fours with the exposed brains and the long tongues. They're called yeah. liquors, canonically. Yeah. Because they attack with their tongues. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Like, like your tongue. <laughs> yeah, like lick a tongue. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and um oh, and so yeah evil mod incoming. and uh oh probably already happened <laughs> if it hasn't i'm disappointed in the modders of the world and um and, and so yeah it progressed from the t-virus and then wesker gets away at the end of the first game and then there's the g-virus in the second game and then at the same time the second game's happening jill is running around raccoon city being chased around by um it's not X, it's not Tyrant, what the fuck's his name? Nemesis. His Nemesis. name is Nemesis. He is 
Also, he's made of a combination, I believe. I could be wrong about this. I believe they combined the T and the G viruses into one virus and then created Nemesis with that virus. Um, and he is, like, hunting Jill down the entire game. The entire game is, like, just you running away from this guy. It, it's like a Jason movie. Okay. Like, the entire time, this guy is casually walking after you. And he just, like, wa- he's like the Kool-Aid man. He just, he doesn't open doors. He just, boom! He walks through walls. He walks through doors. He tanks shots. Like, <laughs> there's nothing you can do to stop it. Kool-Aid him. man can't take a shot. No, he probably could. <laughs> but he can walk through walls, which makes him pretty durable, so... Right. I just, I think if you shot anything directly at him or, like, punched at one particular spot, he'd, he'd probably shatter. Maybe... Maybe it's it's a it's a broad area of effect when he goes through a wall. You think he goes all spread eagle he, when he goes through a wall. Yeah, he does. You you can see it happen. Okay, he bursts his arms open. All right, all right. Uh, so like it's it's a full body thing. Somebody get Matt Pat on the horn. I need a video. <laughs> so it's, so if you were to like take the same force and apply it to a single spot on his body, he would shatter like okay. almost definitely. All right, I see what you're saying. I yeah. see what you're saying. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways uh, By the way, he is both the liquid and the container Kool-Aid confirmed that No Yes, Kool-Aid themselves confirmed it That's gross Anyways <laughs> He's the container the He is both It's gross He is both I no. Think of it as his innards You're wrong, Kool-Aid <laughs> Kool-Aid said You're, Kool-Aid's wrong Kool-Aid can't be wrong about the Kool-Aid man If they can, then they are <laughs> Not my head cannon. <laughs> not my Kool-Aid man. <laughs> Anyways. Look, it's really not up for a vote. Yeah. If, it, if it's a Kool-Aid man in charge, it's a Kool-Aid man fucking uh, dictatorship. <laughs> um, and then the, the fourth game, you actually start veering out of the viruses. So in the fourth game, it takes place well after... Um, everything that happened in Raccoon City, I believe, seven to ten years later, something like that. Okay. Um, uh, Leon Kennedy has since been picked up by some, um, government agency, and he's, um, he, he's one of the men in black, essentially, but he doesn't wear the black suits, but he's protecting the president's daughter. <laughs> is the pre- is, no, this is literally the premise of the fourth game. Well, Leon the Kennedy- fourth one is... Very well regarded. Yeah. People talk very highly it's about it. It's because it's an War. amazing game. It it was what 7 and 8 are for me for that Breath of Fresh Air. It was the first Breath of Fresh Air in a stagnant kind of gaming idea. Because they did a lot of spin-offs after 3. There was uh, Code Veronica. There was um, a couple of games where you played just normal citizens um, that w- got trapped in a zoo and the zoo was full of animals that had been infected with a zombie virus. So you had to fight like zombie elephants and kangaroos and giraffes That's and shit. shit. Um, there was the Resident Evil Survivor one and two, which was the first um, first person Resident Evil games, but they were on rail first person games. So kind of your classic um, Area Fifty One kind of style. Um, just rail shooters where you didn't get to move, it moved for you, and then you just got put in scenes where enemies would come towards you and you shot at them. Okay. Um, there was a lot of spinoffs that did not do well. 
throughout that time period. That makes sense. And so the the franchise became very, very stagnant, and the Resident Evil 4 came out, and everyone fucking loved it. It was an amazing... It was the first Resident Evil game that um, you had full com- control of the camera, you um, had the over-the-shoulder um, aiming system that they yeah, have yeah. going on for a lot of popular games now. Yeah. Um, it was, like, such a breath of fresh air. There was finally, like, you could gather treasures and things, and there was a, a guy that ran a shop where you could buy new guns and upgrade the guns that you had to make them stronger and shoot faster and hold more bullets. Oh, yeah. Um, there was just a, so much innovation that happened with the fourth game that everyone latched onto it. It, it and it still it does hold up to this day. Um, my little brother was just playing it on his PS4 as I was leaving his house earlier today. He's playing back through it. Um, it still holds up. It's still a really good, really fun game. Oh yeah, that's why they made um, it. Got a really good storyline to it. Like everything about it's really good. So from there, it, it's no longer viruses. Now you have the Las Plagas parasite. So the game takes place in Spain. Leon Kennedy is. Um, trying to recover the president's daughter who has been kidnapped by this cult group or whatever mm-hmm. and taken to a small village in the middle of nowhere. Presumably in Spain, they all speak in a weird, mostly Spanish dialect. It's called <laughs> the Las Plagas Parasite. Okay. Like, presumably Sp- like Italy, Spain, that kind of area. Right. Um, and you go there to retrieve the president's daughter... And, yeah, everyone is infected by this parasite that, like, kind of... It's kind of like a chestburster parasite, but it doesn't chestburst. Actually, when um, it takes over, like, the second wave of enemies... The first wave of enemies are those... Kind of like you would think of as zombies, but now they are smarter. They can retain... They can talk and speak to each other. They can use gun. Well, they don't have guns, but they can use crossbows. They swing hatchets and machetes and shit at you, like pitchforks and shit like they actually can use weapons and think and things like that there's being controlled by a parasite inside them um once the parasite evolves a little bit like the second wave of enemies once they get close to death it like explodes their head and a giant like three or four foot like tremors worm pops out of their fucking neck hole and is like and then they're (laughs) still walking towards you and then fucking worm can eat you and shit like it's fairly terrifying the first time it scary, happens yeah. to you. You're like, because oh, there's just, like, the first time it happens, you, like, are walking down a path, just, like, like, hills and trees on both sides, and it's dark, and there's just, like, one villager walking towards you with, like, a sickle, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. one guy, no I problem. got this. Yeah. Blam, blam, blam! His head explodes, and a giant worm pops out, and it's like, blam! And it starts coming at you, you're like, oh, fuck, boom, 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 boom! What the shit is this? It's real good. That's awesome. Um, the fifth game takes place in Africa. Um, you follow Chris Redfield, who is fucking jacked in this game. He started taking... Like, some, 90s action figure jacked? Yeah, like, he took some fucking roids. People don't get that jacked, like, that easy. Like, this motherfucker, between... The last time you saw him in the first game, and now, like, which is, I suppose, like, ten years later. Right. But this dude is fucking built. He's just been working out for the last like, decade. Yeah, like, if he did <laughs> nothing except work out, I could understand that. But apparently he's been taken in by the BSAA and doing government shit, trying to stop 
Umbrella from doing more of their experiments, which of course they're not going to stop doing their experiments. They Bullshit like what they're doing. Administration, sorry. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And so, like, with and so, yeah, he's this huge fucking build. Like, literally, one of the things at the end of the game is you're fighting Wesker in the end fight with Wesker when you finally kill him for good. Mm. He's this giant Resident Evil monster in the middle of of you're like on a platform. It's got, like, a bunch of lava around it, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, you have to go around the different platforms, and he's in the middle one, and you have to, like, get through all the different platforms in a spiral to get to him in the middle and fight him. And there's a bunch of boulders in your way. Literal giant round boulders, right? (laughs) And Chris Redfield, his idea, he tries to push them into the lava, but they don't move. So what he does is he just starts punching he punches and punches and you keep punching him and you mash in the A button or the X button or whatever and you just keep fucking wailing and wailing and punching on these fucking boulders until eventually it kind of cracks a little bit and starts rolling and you keep punching and keep punching and it rolls and eventually like you, you get the boulder to but you do it by punching this boulder out of the way because you're so jacked and angry and you want to kill Wesker that you just gotta punch a boulder out of your fucking head. <laughs> Which leads, I love that campy element to these. I love that they lean into that sometimes. Yeah. What my one of my favorite bits from Resident Evil Eight is you're fighting one of the final bosses, the fourth out of five bosses in the game, and then Chris, who is in the the eighth game and the seventh game, except now he's much more realistically sized. A reasonable human. Yeah, yeah. He he stopped doing the roids. <laughs> hey, but he smokes cigarettes now, so he picked a different vice. <laughs> Look, now, we gotta have something. Now he's a cynical asshole <laughs> who smokes cigarettes, but clearly doesn't do steroids anymore because he slimmed way down. <laughs> um, And uh, he's in that game. And you're fighting this guy, and he blows up a big thing in the background while Ethan is fighting his boss. Stop! It blows up. I was like, oh. No, no, he blows up like a big factory in the background while Ethan is fighting this boss, and he, the guy, the the boss, like looks over because he at the moment that it happens, he's like got you pinned to the ground or whatever, mm. and he looks over his shoulder and he sees his factory blow up. And he's like, God damn, Redfield. I'm gonna kill that boulder punching asshole. <laughs> and I'm like, A, that's a funny callback. B, how would this guy even fucking know about that? Because this is taking place, once again, somewhere in Europe, presumably. Probably mm-hmm. this time more like, like, not like Transylvania, but like more Ukraine esque area, okay, I would yeah. assume. Something like that, because you have the big traditional castles. There's like. Lots of snow and mountainous regions yeah. everywhere, things like that. So I would assume it's kind of like a Ukrainian, Transylvanian type area, okay, yeah. Romania type deal, yeah. you know, um, as compared to like Spain. But but him punching boulders took place in Africa years before all of this. So how this guy would know about that, I have no idea. Well, but they do lots of weird. Dive. Yeah, they do lots of fun callbacks, like, supposedly, uh, Oswald Spencer, I believe, is his name. Spencer's his last name. Oswald might not be the right first name. Um, But he is the the guy that originally founded Umbrella, um, the Umbrella Corporation. Okay. Um, and they make, uh, a weird callback. So, he, he found 
the progenitor virus is what he calls the the thing that they find that they're using in in Resident Evil Five, which is slightly it's like a com it's a parasite like the Las Plagas, but it's also a fungus like the mold that they are using in seven and eight. Mm-hmm. So five is kind of like the crux that brings it all together. Right. Okay. Um. So that's the progenitor. When he found that in Africa, that's what he based the T and G viruses off of. Okay. That's yeah. what he pulled from and made the T and G viruses from, which also in turn helped make the Las Plagas parasite which also in turn helped make the the mold. But the mold, it actually turns out, he was found, the Munimacin was found before that, before he found the thing in Africa. Okay. Because in, in 8, there's a letter you find to the main villain from Spencer who says, like, uh, like she he washed up on her shores and she took care of him and then she like showed him the fungus and like the things it can do and he wanted to work on the same thing but in a different direction than she wanted to so he went out to find his own way of doing it and he says in the thing he says i found its source i found the progenitor of it in africa which ties back to Resident Evil 5. Right. So re- the stuff from Resident Evil 5 is like what births all of these different things that are now happening and why they're able to make the zombie viruses and the parasites that control people and things like that. Cool. Um, Lore. Also in 8, um, Chris now works for Umbrella or runs Umbrella. <laughs> it's kind of they. It's vague and unclear in the game. I've dug into some of the deeper lore that they they have deeper lore for it, and I've dug into it a little bit. Yeah. But essentially, what happens is after he works for the BSAA for a while, he learns that the BSAA is just as corrupt as Umbrella, and so what he does is he goes and he like takes down Umbrella as a whole corporation, and then Ooh. rebuilds it. And he, like, takes control, essentially, and is like, we are going to keep the name, the Umbrella Corporation, but we are now going to work for good and fix the things that you have already fucked up. (laughs) Like, neat. Um, to the best of my knowledge, that's it. Wow, it's kind of a big Resident Evil lore dump. Yeah. Sorry. It's been on my mind a lot lately. I've been playing a lot of it and going back through a lot of shit. (laughs) Um, so, so, like, okay, um, without any knowledge fan theory, okay, alright, so, when Ethan dies at the end of 8, it says, the father's story has ended. Yes. Uh, how many members of the family are there in Resident Evil 7? Of Ethan's family? No, of the family that you are having. Going up against? Yeah. Four. Four. Um... They all die. What are the odds of... It's a campy series that leans into it really hard sometimes. What are the odds of that being Ethan and his family? Very slim. In, like, a weird... Because they don't do the weird time-traveling interdimensionally shit that would make that possible in Resident Evil. 
the they P- haven't yet. They haven't yet. There are eight games now. But it doesn't make sense because okay, just to go a little deeper into the plot of Resident Evil Seven yes. and why that can't yeah, be a thing. Like that, I don't. I um, don't know. so in Resident Evil Seven, uh, Ethan's wife Mia has been missing for three years. Okay. Um, she went off on. I don't remember the reason she told him she was leaving or whatever, mm. but she worked for the Umbrella Corporation. Okay. And so her job was to take care of this little girl named Evelyn and be Evelyn's caretaker right. as Evelyn was transported from place A to place B on a freighter ship, essentially. Um, Evelyn... Botswana to North America. Yeah, no, it was... Yeah, it was... No, it was from like Europe to America is what what they were doing. You're not wrong. <laughs> was you're just, not wrong. That was a shot in the dark. That's fun. That's, you're not you're not entirely wrong. Um, Evelyn is a a little girl who is a biological super weapon. Um, she is um, the first successful one out of I think five or six something like that. Um, successful, okay. being in quotations, I suppose. As in, didn't die. As in, yeah, didn't immediately fuck shit up and die. Yeah. Um, uh, they, she's made from the, the mold f- that, it, we're gonna call it mold, it's the type E mutamocyte or whatever they describe it as in the game. The short term that they use for it is mold, so I will just keep describing it as mold. Mold. Um, she is essentially a creature made from the mold, and her, um... Her use as a biological super weapon is that she's able to secrete this mold out and infect people with it, and then take control of them and make them work for her. So the people that control her—dangerous for a child. Well, they make her in. She could be made into any form, but they make her into the shape of of a small girl, so that people are more trusting of her and allow her to come in among them and then she can infect and take over. Okay. It's it's the idea of her being a super weapon right. essentially. Right. Um Geneva Convention be damned <laughs> apparently. So that's that's the premise of this whole game. This, this, this whole series is the world if we didn't have the Geneva Convention. <laughs> it seems like at a certain point you just ignore it when there's zombies. Yeah. Um so um, Mia works for Umbrella, and she is supposed to be the the guardian and caretaker of Evelyn, who is this biological super weapon, who also is a little girl. Um, there is another caretaker, and they're supposed to pose as a couple with Evelyn being their daughter, so it doesn't arouse Makes suspicion sense. to anybody. Yep. And they have garnered uh, passage on this ship. That's going to take them from wherever the fuck they are over to Umbrella's other place. That way they can keep monitoring her. Along the way, Evelyn freaks the fuck out, kills everyone on the ship. Ship crashes in... Missouri? What? Wherever wherever the game takes place. <laughs> I don't remember exactly where the game takes place. Um, in in this, this small like bayou place or whatever... Um, it crashes, Mia and Evelyn get washed up on shore, um, they get found by the family of the, the people that run the house, and, um, they, they take them in thinking it's a small child and her mother, or whatever, 
and then Evelyn takes over the family and Mia and starts her um, Evelyn's goal. She kind of has the mind of a little girl to an extent as well. Okay. And so that Evelyn seems unwise. Yeah. So Evelyn's goal is to like she wants to build herself a family. She calls Mia mommy and she's like searching for for daddy essentially, right? Okay. And so she makes Evelyn contact Ethan after three years of being missing and be like, hey, I'm alive, I'm at this place, come fucking get me, right. or whatever. And then Ethan shows up and Evelyn tries to take him over and game ensues. Um, yeah, so, and and that's pretty much like, so you you, you start the game there and then like, you're going around, and your entire goal throughout the game, like I said, is to save Mia. Um, and so the the reason that it doesn't... That's kind of why it doesn't work for them to be that family. Because not only did they exist as people before that family, they exist as people after that family dies as well. Right, okay. And... But, to your credit, the only reason that could potentially be a viable option... Okay. Is it, they also say within Resident Evil Eight that anyone infected with the mutamocyte fungus, the mold, right, gets put into. So they find this thing in <laughs> in Resident Evil Eight towards the end of the game. You find this thing that looks like a giant human baby, vaguely, or maybe a giant human heart. It could also <laughs> maybe be. It could. If you in, you squint at it hard enough, it could be either of those shapes. Okay. Um, I just I just want to point out that literally every one of your explanations is required a sub-explanation for this series, and that's hilarious. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so yeah, towards the end of Resident Evil 8, you find a giant, like, yeah, it either looks like an embryo, like a baby all curled up inside the womb, okay. or it looks like a human heart, depending on which way you squint at it and what angle you have the camera at, I right. suppose. <laughs> um, but it's entirely made of mold, and it's like kind of like the heart is in your... like, connected and stuck up by, like, all the vascular veins, the veins and things like ventricles that. Ventricles and whatnot. Ven thank you, ventricles. Um, you, the, this uh, giant mold piece is, like, stuck up with other mold pieces. Like, Spider-Man has molded, stuck him <laughs> to this wall with okay. his webs of mold. <laughs> Is it moldy, Derek? Yes. I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> and um, and, and they, they end up telling you that anyone that has been infected with the mold is now in its collective consciousness like, forever. Neat. And so you are able to, like, if you wanted to, you could theoretically make the mold, like, pull that person back out of it and uh. have them have their original memories and everything, but they would be entirely made of the mold and no longer be a person, technically. They would uh. just be a person. They would be that person. Fan theory stays. With that, with that consciousness and that memory, but they would be... So, in theory, you could make a person like Ethan into a person like... It's just the... Them. It's, it's the phrasing. If that is the phrasing when he dies... The father's story has ended. The father's story has ended. But then they it's definitely just... allude to it being Rose next time with the after credit scene. 
what do you mean? Like, it's like you're going to play as Rose? Yeah, next, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, what if by the end of the next game, Rose is pregnant? And that's where the baby comes in for the family. I mean, that would be interesting. Because, so, because realistically what we're talking about here is there's two separate families. Right. There's the Baker family. I finally remember their last name. <laughs> the Baker family, um, who is the family that's, like, you're in the house of in Resident Evil 7. Okay. <clears throat> and then there's also Ethan and Mia, who end up having baby Rose. Right. In uh, Resident Evil 8 and and 7. Ethan and Mia are both in 7 as right. well, obviously. Um, and in 8, they have been relocated by Chris, who Chris comes in and saves you guys at the end of 7, essentially. They're okay. the first on-scene. Yeah. Um, which is when you learn that Chris has, is working for Umbrella, because the helicopter he flies you away on, they do this very cinematic pan by yeah. the helicopter, and it says Umbrella Corp on the side of it, and you're like, wait, what? Oh, Chris works no. for Umbrella now? Yeah. yeah. And you're all confused by it, and it's like one of the final things in the game, and they leave it on that, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> um, then 8 explains. Yeah, then 8 explains a little bit more of it. Um... And so it's like this this thing and then Chris like puts them essentially into like witness protection and relocates them to Europe which is then why your daughter gets kidnapped and moved over to this other European country because right. you were already there and it was easy for them to get to you. Yeah. Um so yeah, it, the way it's, it goes. Yeah, so those convenient plot things, you know. Mm -hmm. Um but so no, it's been very near and dear to my heart for a very long time, and I don't get to talk about it as much as I have now. I'm sorry I kind of rambled on for almost an hour about Resident Evil. No, yeah, I, but... this is definitely just going to be a bonus episode. <laughs> Does that mean we get to record another one after this? Yeah. <laughs> Where I don't talk about Resident Evil for an hour? <laughs> yeah, um, I do... Okay, so... I'm going to stick with that fan theory, and when it happens in Resident Evil 11, and you go back in time, and you 11. find out... <laughs> You've given them some time to work it through. I'm giving myself some time for that. <laughs> that's a pretty big swing for the fences. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my big one. Uh, that's my fan theory for Resident Evil, having never, single, never played a single game all the way through. Um... I think, and as much as I hate this idea, I think they're going to do it at some point, and it's going to upset me when it happens, but I'm calling it now. Um, they're going to bring Wesker back. Yeah. Because if the fungus that the progenitor was, like, has made can keep people's consciousness... Con con consciousness? Yeah, thank you. Collected in it. <laughs> then there's no reason that the progenitor of it couldn't do the same. Yeah. And because he was clearly infected with... Well, Wesker infected himself with just about everything that Umbrella made. He was like, I gotta be the best! <laughs> um, because it, turned, it ended up turning out that he was like also like a super soldier person that they had been experimenting on, and he was like one of their perfect of people course, or yeah. whatever. And then he infected himself with too much stuff. And became a liability. Our Chris Evans. Yeah, yeah, no, he oh, was. Oh, that'd be scary. He, he ended up trying Chris to Evans take don't over. Don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up trying to take over the Umbrella Corporation, and I think succeeded. And then it became too much, and did too much bad things, and turned himself into a monster. <laughs> Literally, 
and then you killed him. But that means that his consciousness is somewhere in the mix of all of that, too. And, unfortunately, that means that eventually they probably will bring him back, and I'm not excited for that. <laughs> Just because you don't need to. He right. was a fine villain, and he was a villain for a very, very long time. And you can leave that as is. Yeah. Like. Fair. Fair call. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm done. <laughs> Five stars, two big thumbs up. I love Resident Evil. If you haven't played it, play more. Keenan, I'm going to bring you seven and eight so you can actually play them and hopefully enjoy them. I'm sure I will. Like I, I like shooters. I, uh, I don't get me wrong. I played. Uh, I definitely spent probably fifty or a hundred dollars playing Resident Evil on cabinets before. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, just. Just never sat down and played through a whole game. When I was a kid, I was scared of scary games. Like, just straight up couldn't play them, so... Um, yeah, be prepared to be much more, um, scared or creeped out by 7 than 8. Yeah. 8 is still a lot of fun. It just doesn't hold the same creep factor as, yeah. or intensity that 7 does. Well, yeah, I am I am already excited about, uh, Lady Dimitrescu. Lady Dimitrescu. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes, everyone's excited about Lady uh, You can't not be, that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to quote to quote the great Markiplier, it's not about sexuality, it's a, it's about it's a power thing. It's about power. <laughs> Nothing sexual about it. It it is. It's like a powerful woman. Yes. <laughs> I agree with Mark. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> Uh, All right, do you th should we cut this one yeah, here, then? Yeah, that's, that's going to be uh, Resident Way Evil too... Retrospective, I yeah. guess. I guess that's uh, how I ruin a normal episode and make <laughs> it a bonus episode. I ramble about my one of my favorite video game franchises for an hour and don't let Keenan have two it's, words in edgewise. It's good, it's good. This is a bonus episode. <laughs> this is this is exactly what they all are, so that's what this one's going to be. All right. Cool. Uh, Resident Evil, guys. Resident Fucking Evil. play it. Uh, Umbrella. Yeah. Suck that corporate uh, handle. Oh, no. Don't do that. <laughs> I couldn't think of what you'd suck on an umbrella. I just... Uh, the, the whole point of the game is you're fighting umbrella. <laughs> Anarchy, damn it. Fuck the corporations. Hey, yo, you mold with them at the end. Ew. No, no, the... No. Um... Uh, no. Uh, you might not like it, but that's what you just told me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mm. like it. I was always put off by that. I mean, I understand it as a plot device, but I, it put me off mm. a little bit. Well, you know that Chris is going to be a bad guy. He Eventually, he probably... It's, it's the classic Batman thing. Yeah. You know, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Redfield's going to be a field of red... There's already quite a few theories that he probably has some sort of, like, something going corruption. on with him anyway. Well, not corruption, but, like, has been infected by something and therefore is more susceptible to becoming more power-hungry now because of it. Biological corruption is still corruption. Yeah. I do like his uh, Mac-esque transformation, though. <laughs> Putting on way too much muscle and then losing it all very quickly. I, I don't mean... I know Sonny is popular, but that is a really niche reference. So? <laughs> so? 
They don't have to understand all my references. Some of them can fly over their heads and they can be like, what? Dude, Fat Mac was really impressive, yeah. actually. <laughs> Alright, uh, Resident Evil ended on Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> True neutral bonus episode. Follow the neon banana. Yeah.